Welcome to Healthy Churches ABNWT, a resource created by and for PAOC Alberta and Northwest Territories pastors and ministry leaders. The focus is on leadership development and congregational health. The goal is to help you reach more people. Visit abnwt.com for more information. Well, hey there, and welcome to the ABNWT podcast, where we are talking to our very own ABNWT leaders about leadership development and congregational health. We've done some great lead seminars so far, about four of them. And if you ever want to watch them or share them with your team or board or use them as a teaching vision tool, feel free to do so. Just head on over to abnwt.com and click on the previous lead seminars. Today, we're talking about keep-out signs and missional growth within the church. With me is Corey Randall, and he's our newly elected assistant superintendent of the ABNWT district. So congrats, Corey, and welcome. Thank you, Jeremiah. Good to be here. Uh, Corey has been the senior pastor of two churches that have revitalized in our district. And both are very unique stories, and one's in Chauvin, and the other's in Bonneville. So, Corey, just briefly tell us the story of Chauvin. Like, what did you do and when you and Shonda got there, and how'd you get the church moving in the same direction? And just what happened there, if you can just br- briefly tell us. Well, when we went to Chauvin, it was, um, it was a place that wanted to go somewhere but didn't know how to get there. Huh. Uh, great people, wonderful, wonderful community, a lot of potential in small communities. Uh, so when we got there, we just started to really um, look around a lot and get a pulse for what was happening and what was available in the community. And we probably took about a good six months to do that. We didn't change anything in the beginning because we felt like if you go in somewhere and start to change, you you kind of put a, give the perception that you're a, a bull in a china shop. And we didn't <laughs> want to do that. So we didn't change anything in the beginning. We just got to know the people. They got to know us. And then we started to make incremental changes. And as we did, the people started to see growth, and it was, it was just a powerful thing. What was uh, an example of an incremental change you made there in Chauvin? One of the simple things I think we did in Chauvin was even adjusting some things on this stage. It was really <laughs> si- honestly that simple. You know, there were some, some plants from 1983 that had been sitting on the stage since 1983, so to speak. So it was like, guys, do does this really going to add to the flavor of the service? You know, are, are, is this going to be a keep out sign? Uh, what are the types of things that we're doing right now as a church that uh, are driving people away? So we started to look at some of these little, little things, like just how the building looked, um, you know, how we welcome people. Huh. Now, you, one of the things you were telling me earlier was um, kind of a vision meeting that you did with those people. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did there? Yeah, well, after about that six-month period, uh, we took a Sunday morning, and <laughs> I'm being honest to the people. I did talk to my board, of course, but we had removed all the chairs from the sanctuary, and we set up tables and chairs. And on the tables, we put pairs of glasses, and we decided to call it just a vision check. So when people came to church on Sunday morning, they had no idea. I mean, we were a small congregation, so sure. there were no visitors. Uh, so we we just started to. I said, "Listen, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about where where this where we need to go as a church and where God wants us to go." So I said, "Grab a pair of glasses, put them on your eyeballs, and just just have a look." <laughs> so people just started to put on these glasses and came a really neat icebreaker and everything. I can't see anything out of this, and this makes no sense to me. This is kind of silly. And <laughs> and I said, "Exactly." I said, "We can't see when we're not when we're not all aligned to where we need to be going." We need to all be able to see the vision clearly together, corporately, so we can go where God wants us to go. 
And in that meeting, we started to ask questions like, who are we as a church? What's the DNA of this church? What are the things about Chauvin Gospel Center that you would consider to be really, really important when it comes to reaching people in the kingdom? And that's the kind of stuff we started to unpack. So we had the old prayer warriors that had been in the church since the beginning. And they said, well, you know what? Like, this church grew because we prayed. And this church grew, or we planted this church because we started to really dig into God's Word. Or, or you know, uh, this church really came to being because people took ownership mm. of different areas. And so it was all these things started to come to surface. So when they came to surface, it was like, all right, well, now we have the DNA. They were farmers in that area, and farmers got a lot of tenacity. And as we started to work on mission, our vision, and our values, I remember one of our values right to this day was still tenacity. Mm, there was you know they had an attitude that we're going to get it done and i love that it was just like you know what this is something you can really work with so it was was a fun time that's really cool so i mean what happened in bonneville your your new church and uh again same thing what did you guys do uh what was different than what you did before what was the same i know it was a different church different dynamic so just give us a a brief story of that of that yeah uh different church different dynamic uh (laughs) Bonneville is the type of place that I think wanted to go somewhere, didn't know how to get there, really was in bad shape spiritually, foundationally, just really, really tough shape. Um, Some of the stuff we did in Chauvin worked for Bonneville, but I think really because Bonneville didn't have a good foundation, we had to go all the way back to the beginning. And I kind of put it this way, we had to, we really had to excavate before we could renovate. We had to really dig down to the foundational stuff, excavate all of that stuff, and then we can start to renovate the place spiritually mm. and get ready for the next practical things, was, which is, you know, so you can receive people. So that, that was kind of the very beginning of, bon- of Bonneville. But once the foundation was repaired, then the practical stuff you could put in place, you know? Simple things like uh, a connection card. We actually physically, myself and, and some of the board members, we physically walked around our church building. And I said, what are the keep out signs here? And when I say keep out signs, what are the things that are stopping people from coming to our church on a Sunday morning? Hmm. So we started to walk around the building and look at all the different facets of the building. How are we doing with kids' ministry? Do we have a good place where moms... Uh, who need to nurse their children, can go and do it privately. Do we have a a way of receiving new families that's simple and easy so they can just sign in quickly and not cause a, a lot of mayhem in the foyer? So there's a lot of these things that we started to implement so we could welcome new people. So let's just go back. Before we get to the keep out signs, which I'm fascinated by, I want us to go back to that foundation. I'm talking to, to churches here that, you know, pastors that want to see vitalization. What mm-hmm. are the things they need to look uh, look for in terms of uh, cracked foundations, if you will? Yeah, that that's really good. I went to Bonneville not knowing not knowing anything. Sure, yeah. Okay, like I, I had no clue. I'm just like, I felt the Holy Spirit say, that's where you're supposed to go, so we went. Generally, I'm a really vision-oriented guy and an ideas guy, but for whatever reason, it was as if God had turned off the tap. <laughs> so I had no ideas, and God was just forcing me to pray. Yeah. And I would go and pray and seek his heart every day. I mean, literally every day, and sometimes two or three times a day, just to pray and seek his heart. And 
when we got right down to the brass tacks and we realized foundationally the church had been through some major splits over the years. There had been some other things, uh, moral failures. There had been um, church coups where, you know, a pastor is is forced out. So all these things that affected the spiritual dynamic of the church. And until there was healing and health brought to that aspect, God said, you can't build on a cracked foundation. It'll never stand. You can paint it the best way you like. You can add all these nice little things, but until the foundation is repaired, the church won't grow. I mean, we know the Word of God says, except Christ build the church to people labor in vain. Yeah. And and that was the big thing. It's like God knew that we had to do our part to bring spiritual health and wholeness back to the church. So we started to really dig deep into the history of the church and not not in a bad way. We didn't want to know who did what back when. We weren't we weren't on a witch hunt. Yeah. We just wanted to know where the cancer was so we could cut it out and get it healed up, and once that was, was cut out and removed and healed up, then the church could move forward. That's really cool. So you're looking at keep out signs after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Give us an example. You, you've already talked a little bit about it, but you know what can a church look for that might say keep out right. in their churches? I think you've got to look at some very simple things. What, what is, do you have room for people to park? So as our church started to grow a little bit, um, I asked all the regular people that get there early, for instance, our ushers and our greeters, those that are working at at the information desk or music team people. I said, guys, we don't have room in our parking lot, so I'm going to ask you, we'll park on the street. And I parked on the street as well. I said, you know, we'll park on the street where they're here earlier Sunday morning. We want to make room for visitors because if there's nowhere to park when they drive by your church, to them that's a keep out sign that says, hey, I can't go, there's nowhere to park. So, So automatically it keeps me away from the church. Um, we didn't have any visitor parking stalls allotted. So we got some signs made up, had them, had them set up every Sunday morning. We put up these signs and we say, this is especially for visitors. Uh, again, making it easy for people just to come to the church. Then you got to look at once they get in your parking lot and they are parked in the car, what about receiving these people and I, and I wrote an usher greeter training course and I, I call I call people guests and I said you know if you stay in a good hotel you want to be treated as such and the church is not to be a, a big living room but we should we should treat people like guests yeah so I said when you come through the door what are they seeing when they come in here are is someone going to talk to them is someone going to shake their hand yeah is someone going to show them where the washrooms are we automatically assume that, well, the washroom is down the hallway. But how many times do you go in a building, no matter how big or how small, and you've got to look around for a washroom, <laughs> right? Yeah. So these are little things. It's training our ushers to point people in the right direction. You got little kids. Make sure you point them where they can get signed in. If if Don't just point them there, but walk them to the to a table oh, if nice, you need to. Nice, yeah. Um, don't hand them a bulletin. If you still give out weekly bulletins, don't give them a bulletin. Uh, in their hand if they've got a three-year-old that's holding mom's hand and she's got a diaper bag and a shoulder bag and a four-year-old and don't give someone something else to put in their hand help them get squared away first right. ask the question can i can i help you can i help you carry this in can i help you uh get to your seat 
Yeah. Do you mind if I uh, hold the car door for you, you know, uh. while you get your stuff out? All these things were keep out signs, uh, in, in our case at least. I like that. I like that idea. And it's, it's the little things. It's always the little things. <laughs> and, you know, like to me it was like treat people how you want to be treated. Yeah. You know, and if we can do that, treat people how you would really like to be treated. Uh, it's it speaks volumes to people. And one of the comments that we've gotten over this last, I would say, this last two years now uh, at Lakeview was, man, this church is so friendly, and the people have been so helpful. And I've, I, to me, that's like, okay, that's a good takeaway. When you start hearing that, yeah, and people come to the church, and then they start to come back because. Now they've made a connect. Um, one of the other things we did when it comes to keep out signs was just trying to integrate people. So before we had, uh, in the beginning, we had six children in kids ministry at the very beginning. But there was no process to get kids signed in. There, was, there was, wasn't a lot for the children to do once they went into kids ministry. And as it started to grow, it became chaotic. So we said, oh, you know what we need to do? We've got to have a proper process in place. So we established uh, one area strictly for toddlers, another area for kids that are ages two and three, and then an area for kids that are that are uh, four and five and six and so on, so a little bit older. And just by putting these little processes in place, it helped integrate families into the church. So again, this is one of those things that opened the door for people. And it's if you have a really, really poorly run kids ministry, it's another keep out sign. Wow. All that is just amazing. Now, if you had to do it all over again, if you went to another church that was mm-hmm. plateaued or declining, and oh, what would you do? I would, I, would, I would really probably take a good four to six months again and just really pray, get to know the people. In the beginning, in the very beginning. I would, at this point, make some small incremental changes, but again, nothing too drastic, because you've got to understand that people are getting to know you, you're getting to know them. So that's kind of important. But I would really, I would really start to delve into the areas of the keep-out signs, first and foremost, because most churches do not realize, a lot of smaller churches, and I've visited a lot of churches, and we, we travel and we speak a little bit, so we visit a lot of different churches, and these are the things that we've bumped into. Uh, even as a guest speaker, I've been places. People in the congregation didn't know I was a guest speaker. Well, that's great. Um, and I've had to ask where the washrooms are. I've had to, you know, hey, is there some place where my kids, you would travel with us when we were younger? I said, hey, where where can I take my kids? Yeah. You know? So these are things that you kind of discover over time. It says, ha-ha. So we're, we we take it for granted. Yeah, so don't under, don't underestimate the importance of the keep out signs. Don't Get in there right away and start to. Absolutely. What would yep. you say to somebody who's um, who's pastoring a, a plateaued church and wants to turn it around? Uh, you know, what would you what would you say to them? Encourage them. First, I'd say, don't give up. Um, keep God first. Pray your heart and soul out like you've never prayed before. <laughs> yeah, and uh, start to build some good relationships with the people or potential people that you could put in places of, of leadership. And, uh, and don't be afraid to step outside the box a little bit. Don't be afraid to make some small changes. 
And as you make those changes, you'll gain the trust of people. You'll see that as people start to attend the church, then those that were putting up uh, maybe a wall or some sort, or, or perhaps they had some sort of uh, grudge, you'll see, you'll see you'll see those walls come down. You'll start to see them come down, and the people will soon want to align with where you're going because they'll realize that having a voice in the wilderness gets pretty boring after a while. Hmm. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Well, we're going to go into the lightning round where we're asking uh, all of our guests the same three questions. So first question is this. What book are you currently reading? I'm actually rereading a book now, which is an old book by Jim Cimbala, uh, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Uh, again, it just it's a reminder. Uh, his whole story in that book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, talks about how they went into a dead, dying, and about-to-die church mm. in Brooklyn, New York. And it was a good reminder. There's a lot of things in there that just like, oh, yeah, I can re- this really resonates with my own heart. It was really good, and it, it, it is. Again, I'm going through it uh, for the second time, but it's, it's just a, a great book. Another one that I've recently started is one by Lois uh, Tivaberg, and it's called Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus. And that's a really good book as well, uh, but it really brings you back to things like the context of the time that Jesus lived and the things that he spoke of and, and really grounds you in Scripture, which is a really good book as well. Very cool. Well, what app or piece of technology are you uh, using and loving right now, if any? Nexonia. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Piece of technology. I am not a techie guy. I, I honestly, I leave that to other people. Um, I do listen to some podcasts. I will. I will admit, but I don't use much in the way of technology. What ministry or church or conference uh, you follow to get your get some inspiration? In all honesty, I would say the one I follow most of all would be Times Square Church uh, at New York. I love the, their heart for prayer. I just love their their heart to reach the city. Um, very inspirational. I was actually to a conference in Pennsylvania uh, last year mm. uh, for pastors and leaders. Just absolutely brilliant. A lot of different breakout sessions and different facets of ministry to talk about, especially in terms of worship and leadership and evangelism. So Times Square Church, absolutely. Um, they actually have something that's called For Pastors Only, where they send out a, a, a video on a regular basis that you can just tune into. Really good stuff. Um, good grounding in the Word. Very powerful. That And the other one that I would listen to somewhat would be um, Elevation Church, Stephen Furtick. So I thought those would be the two that I kind of get my get my goods from. Yeah, it's great. Well, thanks so much for being with us. And folks, as always, make sure you tune in to our podcast every month at abnwt.com. Thanks again. <laughs>